0: Praise the King of Glory. The God of Glory thunders. And every overcomer in the temple proclaims glory continuously. One of the overcomer's gifts is wearing the crown of His glory. Having a halo of His glory. And walking on the streets of golden glory. You know you're high in the spirit when The glory is even below your feet. Amen? How do you get there? By having your faith authored and perfected. By constantly hearing the word, believing the word, and obeying the word. Jesus grew in glory. He grew in favor and wisdom, which is the glory of God. How did he grow? He said, my food is to do the will of my Father who sent me. You want his brightness, his Shekinah glory to increase dramatically in your life? Go back to the last thing God asked you to do and obey. And it's usually finances. People get so scared. (laughs) Glory. Jesus was talking about the glory of God when he said, How can we trust you with the things of heaven if you can't be trusted with the things of earth? If you're not faithful with the things of earth, you'll never touch the glory of God. You'll never enter the glory of God. You have to first show yourself faithful in natural things. That's what Jesus said. You have to first show yourself faithful in natural things. Later on in spiritual things. That's how it works. Glory to glory is more and more faithful until the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit fills you with like silver mist. Our souls filled like crystal-clear silver, like a stream and a river of liquid gold flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. I have made the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb my precious silver and gold, consecrated in the temple of the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb, made holy, set apart from the idolatry in the world. See, by bringing offerings, you're setting yourself apart from idolatry. That's what it's all about. (laughs) You cannot have glory revival without offerings. It's just never going to happen. Every revival there's ever been, I took a master's level course in revival at university. Every revival has the finances, then the revival. Finances, then the revival. Why is it? Because God consecrates His people. He gets rid of the idolatry. And then the glory manifests. Solomon sacrificed a thousand whole bulls. Solomon brought the silver and the gold and all the financial sacrifices into the temple. Then the glory appeared. The Bible says it clearly written in the scriptures. Jesus said the exact same thing when he said, How can you be entrusted with the things of heaven if you're not faithful in the things of earth? Very few of us are faithful in the things of earth. God tests you every day. you got, you got to repent. You must walk in the glory of God by first sacrificing the golden image. How can you believe in what is unseen? Sacrificing the golden image is sacrificing finances. (laughs) People are so religious, and religion is the thing that says you don't have to sacrifice finances to serve God. It's a demon in you. It's an evil spirit. It's a lie from the pit of hell. There's no mention of it anywhere in the New Testament. The exact opposite is the truth. Every place there were revivals, there were financial giving. Every single letter of the New Testament, the Apostle Paul deals with financial stinginess and sometimes financial praise when they're generous, like in the Philippians. But you have to deal with this because you're dealing with your idolatry, and we all deal with it. There's no man or woman that say, Oh, I'm too holy. I don't deal with finances. There's nothing holy about being poor. Jesus had a treasurer. You want to be Christ-like? Have so much money that you need your own treasurer. Amen? Amen? I mean, that's if you want to be biblical, if you want to be a real Christian, have so much finances that you need a treasurer, a full-time treasurer, like a king with a treasure house. Jesus had a treasure house. He had a mobile throne. He went around preaching the kingdom, the dominion of the glory and the kingdom. And he had a treasurer and he had all kinds of workers doing all kinds of things. He brought a kingdom. He brought a force. He brought military army of angel power. He's the Lord of angel armies. We need a grid for the glory of God. And you get a grid for the glory of God by obedience in the natural realm first. People are too scared to usually obey and they think they can skip obedience in the natural realm. (laughs) There's a protocol. It's called obeying the scriptures. And if you study the scriptures long enough, they all line up. If you actually sincerely love God in your heart, you'll get Jesus Christ's interpretation of the scriptures and everyone's agreement who's in the river of glory, the river of life. The river of life only has one interpretation of the Bible. It's the spirit of glory's interpretation. Every interpretation of the Bible outside the glory is religious and demonic. It will actually cause severe damage to your life. Many people go to Bible college or theological seminary and all they do is get religious demons. They got a doctorate in religious devils. And they're so soulish that they're absolutely no earthly good. They minister the graveyard. They're like an open grave. Religion is hell itself. Heaven is the glory. So overcoming the world is overcoming the religion and the idolatry of self and what you know about God. Satan is an angel that knows a lot of stuff about God. He has made himself God. Religion makes your soul God. And you have a false humility that says, oh, it's about others. And you have all this stuff. But if it's not in the glory, it's false humility. You deal with it nonstop. This is all the idolatry in the world. Religion is the idolatry. Religion is the covetous spirit. The Judas Iscariot spirit. When you see Jesus Christ walking in the fullness of God's glory, what was the reaction to the religious spirit every single time in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Stealing. Stealing. It was always about stealing money 100% of the time. He sold the Son of Man for 30 pieces of silver. The religious spirit reacts to the glory of God by stealing finances from God. Stealing finances from anointed ministries. Every single time. Because that's what the Bible says. That's what's the truth. That's what always will manifest in the glory of God. Anytime you have a person going into the glory, bringing revelations of the glory, and obeying God perfectly, you'll be surrounded by religious thieves 100% of the time. Stealing killing and destroying. What does it say in Psalms 23? I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. These enemies want to steal everything you got because they haven't sacrificed anything in their own heart. So they want to steal it from you without paying the price for it. Amen. That's what Judas Iscariot did. He wanted to cling and retain control of his soul and steal Christ's kingdom for himself. And the apostles were so religious before they had the spirit, they couldn't even tell which one of them was Satan incarnate. Judas Iscariot, Jesus called him repeatedly Satan. One of you is a devil. A devil. (laughs) They couldn't tell because he was always bringing knowledge of good. Oh, we could have sold that perfume and given it to the poor. That was the very voice of Satan. How many people would condemn that voice as the devil? Most Christians would applaud the devil. Most Christians would worship the devil because it's the false humility of religion that deceives the whole world. It's the false humility that you can be a Christian in your soul apart from self-sacrifice, apart from going to the cross and dying in the glory of God. The glory of God kills the carnal nature. Amen? The glory of God is what crucifies you with Christ. Christ is the glory of God. Hebrews chapter 1. He is the exact likeness of the invisible God. He is the outreign brilliance of the light being. Amplified Classic in the Greek, it says God the Father is the light being. It's not New Age, it's Kingdom Age. New Age just stole everything from God, just like Satan. Satan never created anything. He steals everything from God, and he just twists it and makes it about self instead of crucifying self. The difference between the real disciples of the glory realm is everything we do is for God the Father all the time. None of it's for us. (laughs) Hallelujah. If you're not continuously serving the Father, and everything in your mind, will, and emotions is for the Father, you're not a disciple of the kingdom. If it's still about you, how to have a better me, a better life. Me, me, me. Give me some knowledge of the glory for my soul to be better, for me to have... No, we have the knowledge of the glory for the Father to manifest through our bodies and consume the earth. Who's the greatest in the kingdom? He who's servant of all. What are you serving them? The glory of the Father. What are you doing with the glory of the Father? Raising the dead. How are they dead? In the idolatry of self. Usually in the love of money. Usually in the lust for things. The immorality of being stuck in the natural dimension and how to apply the kingdom to your natural life to be a better life in the natural realm. That's Judas Iscariot. That's what Ananias and Sapphira were like. We're going to take this revival and use it for ourselves and lie to the Holy Spirit. How could you lie to the Holy Spirit, Ananias? Oh, hallelujah. Lying into the glory of God, thinking you could use the gospel for personal gain. And the gospel is great gain to those who die to self and live to Christ. As long as your motives and intentions of your heart are pure for the increase of Christ's kingdom, Christ's dominion, Christ's riches, Christ's fame, you'll do well. But it's a fine line and you're not really tempted. It's a lot really easy to say, Oh, that's easy, and until you start really going into the glory. And then you have all kinds of temptations. Satan will offer you the seven kingdoms of this world as long as you bow down and serve him with your soul instead of serving Christ with your spirit. That was the actual temptation of Satan bringing Jesus up into a high mountain and showing him all the kingdoms of the world. He was saying, if you do your own thing in your soul, which is worshipping Satan, you'll have all this. If you, by self-effort and self-promotion, promote yourself and reject the Holy Spirit's leadership, then you can have these mountains of the world. You can have the seven mountains. (laughs) The seven mountain mandate is actually a mandate to bow to Satan. The very thing people are teaching now that have hundreds of thousands of viewers is the exact temptation of Satan towards Jesus on the mountain. How you can be great by ascending these mountains in your soul and getting your inheritance in this world. None of it is about dying to self. Everything is about self-help. It's anti-Christ. It's entirely anti Christ. There are whole ministries that you embrace in the prophetic and in the charismatic church that are completely and totally anti Christ. There's only one mountain to rule them all Mount Zion. This is a mountain of complete and total self sacrifice that few have tasted. You want to walk in the power of God? You have to die daily. You have to count your life as nothing. How did they overcome Satan? How did they overcome the temptations of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life? They loved not their life even unto death. Are you willing to die and then die again tomorrow? Yes, we are. Amen? Gladly. Every time you drink the cup of His glory, you're dying to self. And it's not painful. This ain't religion. We're not wearing a crown of thorns. We're wearing a crown of glory. Amen? There is no pain involved in being crucified with Christ. Only ecstasy. Those who say it's painful are liars. He entered the joy. The application of the cross is by faith only, with no demonic religious mixture. So you only have the sweetness of His tomb. Amen? All of the spices of His burial clothing becomes the spices of your burial clothing. You've been buried with Him, sealed with Him, sealed in His death, so that you're now entirely experiencing only His resurrection life through your mortal bodies. The crucifixion and the death and the resurrection is the sweetest experience, and our spiritual growth is encountering it more and more by death to self. The only temptations of the enemy are to breathe into your soul. You can do something apart from dying with him. And then we don't know the resurrection from the dead. We don't understand the power of the glory that raises the dead. The ministry of the glory of God is the ministry of the resurrection. And this is the third day since Christ. This is the resurrection generation for a day as as a thousand years. Amen. Amen. Meaning, this will be the greatest time of resurrection glory in the history of Christianity. That's what the Great Awakening is. And I'll tell you exactly, even though it sounds crazy, but it's the truth anyhow, what it looks like. It looks like spirits cracking through the crust and the scales of brain matter. When Saul of Tarsus was converted and got possessed by Jesus Christ and the scales fell off his eyes, he was like one being hatched out of hell. He literally got hatched out of the witchcraft of religion, out of the light of the star Remphan, the religious system of the curse of the fall. It hatched off of him. He lived in a bubble of delusion like a dragon egg. There's an armor of the red dragon that keeps you in strong delusion. Fallen angels put like bubbles around people's heads so they live in a dimension of lies. You deal with it every single day. The fallen angel's so lies into human spirits and it causes a dragon egg, a dragon bubble of potent sorcery to wrap the human soul as it's written, the god of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. They're blinded by sorcery, which is a magic spell of the magic arts of the magicians of religion. It's religion that blinds. Like Solitarsus perfectly illustrated, He was completely blinded. And then when the glory of God, the true light came, and the religious false light of self-righteousness fell off his soul, he was blinded for days and had to be led into Damascus. Someone lead me. Hallelujah. You need to be led when you're in the glory. Led by one more powerful than you. No longer self-led by good ideas. Self-led is demonic. Self-led is delusion. Self-led is religion. You need to be glory-led. Bright morning star-led. River of life-led. And you learn through what you suffer, what works and what doesn't work. Most of us have been through the School of Hard Knocks so many hundreds of times that we're refined to know what works. Only the Holy Spirit works. And the Holy Spirit is the glory of God. He's called the Spirit of Glory. He's the only one that works. He's the only one that leads you. Jesus Christ said, I will send the Spirit of Truth and He will lead you. And the Spirit of Truth, what does He do? He supersedes knowledge. He supersedes the brain. The overcoming of the world is the overcoming of your brain. Solitarsus lived out of his brain as a good religious Jew. And what did he end up doing? Killing Jesus' friends. If you're living out of the goodness of your own soul... There's no doubt about it. You are murdering Jesus' friends. We see that every day. The persecution has been absolutely horrendous since the day red-letter ministries start. And it's getting better. You know why? Because the fire of God is eating them up. It's getting sweet because the fire of God is going to burn up the enemies of Christ with unquenchable fire. All the religious sorcery in human souls we've called down fire upon it every single day for years to burn up all the magic arts and the magic spells of self-righteousness that work in the brain. The brain is the kingdom of Satan. Anyone who has not crucified their brain with Christ lives currently in the kingdom of the red dragon in a bubble of strong delusion and is submitted to the sorceries of the magic arts. Truth anyhow, all those terms are used in the New Testament especially in the book of Revelation. Get biblical anyone who is whose brain is not crucified with Christ to live hatched like solitarsis with scales off the eyes with the glory of God killing the brain. And by killing it, I mean dying to this world and living to the heavenly world called the kingdom of heaven. God is emphasizing the dominion of His glory during this season. The kingdom of heaven, we've used those terms many times, but the kingdom of heaven is most easily understood as the dominion of the glory. Having crucified your soul with Christ, why? Not just to be obedient, but to bring the dominion of the glory upon all flesh. We do all these things so that we can have a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So that our children and their children will never know spiritual warfare. And they will never grow up in a society drenched with witchcraft, drenched with immorality and idolatry, drenched with death and hell and temptations that young people go through that no one should ever have to go through. We are removing death and hell by the dominion of the glory and it can only come through crucified brains. People who have sacrificed the knowledge, the gnosko in their brain to live out a revelation which makes you always vulnerable like sheep before wolves. Because you're living out of a realm you can't even see. You're walking by faith, not by sight. And they're all living out of the realm they can see. So they're all right and they're all beating you up with everything they think they know in their brain. And the two trees in the garden have been in total war for 6,000 years. The tree of life is the glory of God and the tree of knowledge is the brain. The tree of life only works in the spirit and what it does is crucifies the brain. The tree of knowledge only works in the brain and it kills the human spirit. It has the appearance of being spiritual. There is charismatic tree of knowledge activity everywhere. That's the main thing you're experiencing in the charismatic church. And if it were not so, i tell you. I'd I'd bring the good report, but it's just not true. The best of the best is mixture in the charismatic church. Mixture at best. We need the knowledge of the glory and the crucifixion of self and the one mountain Zion to rise in our heart and consume our brains with unquenchable fire. The only daily sacrifice you need to bring that will put you on autopilot with hands wide open, heart wide open, is the sacrifice of your soul to the fire of God rising in your own spiritual stomachs. Christ in you, the hope of realizing the glory. And then when you realize the glory of Colossians 1.27, the glory rises in you. That's why it's written in 2 Peter 1.19, the morning star will rise in your heart. It's the mountain of the Lord rising as chief of all the mountains in the last days until it has a full tilt and spilt through your forehead. That's when the name of God the Father is written on your forehead. When your spirit has overtaken your brain and you're pouring out rivers of glory through your forehead like Niagara Falls. And it's not a little trickle the size of the brain. Because what you see in the natural is not what exists in the supernatural. Don't let the natural deceive your eyes. Isaiah says, And he shall not judge by what he sees, Isaiah chapter 11. He shall not judge by what he sees, but a little child shall lead them. Meaning, it's going to be totally from the heart. You're going to completely miss it if you're looking at the outside shell. If you're looking in the natural dimension, you will completely, totally, and utterly miss the second coming of Christ. (laughs) And most people actually fight the second coming of Christ because it comes through vessels that on the outside look like wolves. But on the inside are sheep. The sons and daughters of God have been so continuously mistreated externally that externally that's pretty rough. There's nothing on the outside that should lead us to them. Just like they said about Jesus. Isaiah 53, there was nothing about His appearance that would lead us to Him. It's only about the heart that leads us to Him. It's only about the hearts of the apostles and prophets that leads us to them. And why do we need to be led by prophets and apostles? Because they perfect our faith. What is the perfection of faith? Living entirely in the glory realm, above, below, and all around, and walking on streets of gold. There's nothing in the Bible for when you die and go to heaven, otherwise it wouldn't be written in the Word. There's not one word from Genesis to Revelation is for when you die. If it's written in the word, it's for while you're alive. The streets of gold are where the overcomers walk while they're alive. You have to be walking on streets of gold to be an actual overcomer, meaning walking on clouds, flying on clouds, high above the earth, from above and not below having your feet covered in the cream and butter of Job 29.6. Because how did you get up here? By great grace. Great grace was always upon me, and I completely relied on the grace of the Lord Jesus to so build up my spirit that my soul could rise above all the realm of the dead, all religion, all the lust and perversion that's in the world. The more and more you lean your soul on the grace of the Lord Jesus in your spirit, the more empowered you are by His strength. Superhuman, explosive, dunamis, dunamis resurrection power of His glory that works mightily in you. That breaks off all the chains and cables and cords that keeps your soul bound to the natural dimension in the curse of the fall. The glory of God will get so strong that everyone that wants freedom will have it. In the past, the glory's been so weak that those who've wanted freedom couldn't have it. How about the exact opposite? That we manifest such rivers of glory, such clouds of bright Holy Spirit glory that anybody that desires to rise can rise. That's how it's going to be for years of perfect open heavens during this great harvest. For years. The doors of the ark of the glory of God will be wide open forever, the Bible says in Revelation. That the city gates doors are always open, it is written. It's not that they ever close, it's just everyone that wants to come in has come in. In the coming years, they will. But no one's really made that realm perfectly available. That's the sons and daughters of God's job during this time the harvesters, all the, the training you've gone through, all the stuff you've had to learn, especially all the suffering to practice the presence of God strongly, to be misunderstood continuously by friends and family members that are not interested in the deep things of God, not interested in walking in the Garden of Eden. not inter- Listen, all of that suffering is for you to be a leader in the great harvest. Have mental clarity. Everything you've gone through is so that you could lead others into the glory. And they will get thirsty. Don't pay attention to the disobedience. You'll be discouraged. Don't look at souls. Look at Christ. Keep your eyes fixed on Christ, the author and perfecter of your faith. If you're looking at the King of Glory, the glory of God will draw them. Mm -hmm. The glory of God is the love of God. And I have loved you with an everlasting love. And by my love, I have drawn you to the throne of God and the Lamb. It's the glorious love of God the Father that's unconditional through everyone's souls that raises them up. Some people take years until they turn white for the harvest. Look upon the harvest fields. Are they white for the harvest yet? Are the heads of wheat white, ready to be harvested? The more we go into the Spirit, the deeper we go into the glory of God, the faster the harvest ripens. And there's people around me who haven't even harvested. Just listening right now. So we're really on the, the edge and the cusp of the harvest. People that have been hearing about the knowledge of the glory of God for 10-20 years still aren't harvested themselves. It's not about just hearing. It's about the shell hatching. It's about the spirit manifesting God's glory through the soul. The soul has to hatch the spirit in order to overcome the world. Otherwise, it's just fake, and they're pretending like, well, we've been around the glory. I've been around the glory for 10, 20, 30 years. Well, great. Then you'd be brooding over your region like a brooding mother hen, and their heads would be white for the harvest. But the fact is, is there's so much more deeper realms of God we've never known, aspects of Jesus Christ's sonship, of what He walked in, in order to brood over Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to brood over you like a mother hen. But you are not willing. Listen, in the great harvest, they're all going to be willing. mean, we're talking about millions beyond numbering. Willing. The glory of God is amazing. The glory of God is prosperity beyond human comprehension, beyond Solomon's wealth. The glory of God is healing so strongly that you couldn't be sick. The glory of God will come so strong during these times of the manifesting sons of God in the great harvest and the bright physical glory will be seen by all that people can't even get a common cold. You don't understand the power of the brightness of the Shekinah glory when it comes strong enough. You see little glimpses into glory the last 6,000 years and we got a lot of recorded history. We got a lot of recorded revivals. We got a lot of records in the Bible of what happens. And it's always magnificent. It's wonderful stuff. But this is the culmination of the ages and the maturity of the times. It's the maturity of the glory. It's the maturity of the knowledge of the glory, of the seeds of the words of God, of everything the Father spoke into humanity to raise them back up into the perfect state above the curse. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory, but in the times ahead, we'll all be in the glory and no one will fall short. When you're in the glory, you're not sinning at all. Only when you're under the glory, living from the below realm, do you practice sin. When you're raised from the dead, you practice righteousness. You practice the brightness of His Shekinah glory burning through you like the sons of golden oil. He's given you the anointing into your spirit to burn up your flesh nature continuously. As long as you desire the spirit and go after the spirit, he'll always give you fresh oil. My mercies are new every morning. He puts his mercy oil right into your spirit to crucify the flesh. You can lay hands on your belly and ask him for fresh oil. That's what he longs to do. He longs to fill you with more anointing so your spirit can burn brighter. The morning star, Jesus Christ, Revelation 22, is the fullness of the seven spirits of God burning through one human being. And He's the firstborn amongst many. Oh my gosh. What happens if you have 10,000 morning stars? You will. At that point, you will not be able to see the noonday sun. There is a time soon approaching where there will be so many people walking that deep in the seven spirits of God, the seven horns of fresh anointing oil through their spirit burning so bright that it will blot out the noonday sun as it is written in Revelation. They shall no longer need the light of the sun or the moon to be their light, for the light of God and the Lamb shall be their light. The Shekinah glory is taking over the natural light. Natural light is actually the substance of religion. Being good in the natural and not in the glory. We should know as revelation, knowledge of the glory, foundations that only His glory is our goodness. There is nothing good about the flesh. And we'll keep pounding it into you until you believe it and experience it. It's not wearisome to us to keep telling you the truth. We love doing it because we get sharper in it and all the listeners get sharper in it and there's a refinement in the fire. There's a refinement in the word. We go from glory to glory by speaking, believing, hearing and growing in the word of God. Who is the word of God? The King of Glory. Didn't you know? That? Revelation 19, upon him is written the Word of God, and He is King of kings and Lord of lords. So the King of all glorious kings and priests, for a Lord is a priest, and the Father is priest of priests, of all the priesthood of the glory of God of the third heaven, is the Word. The kingdom belongs to the Word, and the Word created the world. The world is created by a Word full of the seven spirits of God. The perfect word of God. Jesus Christ. The perfectly anointing filled words that come out of the Father's mouth. You see the Father talking? That's the the Lord Jesus coming right out of His mouth. And you can hear the Lord Jesus. That's what happens when you start valuing the Bible and the fullness of the spirit of glory mixed with the Logos written word. You start to come alive. The Word reprograms you out of the curse of the fall. The curse of the fall is all the religious words of Belial, the father of lies, the father of flies. You have all of that filth of Satan and his angels down here on earth mixing with the Bible. And most people have a mixture of both. What separates the holy from the profane is the strong witness of the glory cloud the pillar of the glory cloud, the fire by night, the fire of God so strong that it separates you from all the words of the flesh to live in the words of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, separates your spirit from your flesh, soul from spirit, bones from marrow, and it judges the thoughts and intents of the heart. It judges the words of Satan in the heart. It removes all the roots of bitterness, all the roots of perversion, all the roots of all evil, the love of money. It removes all the roots of idolatry from the human spirit. The Word does all of it. The Word is the high priest. See the Word as the king of glory and you'll fall in love with the Bible on a new level. You have to. It's the only way to get strong to be built up with the strength of the Word of God, and there's nothing stronger than the Word in all the earth. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word of God remains forever. It's unshakable, because it created the world in the beginning, and it recreates you. The only way you have an anchor for the soul during these times of tribulation, so you got got mat- mat- maturity of the times, you got the climax of the ages of both trees in the garden, And if people are caught in the multitudes in the Valley of Decision, they might get really beat up by the tree of knowledge. That's why right now, to save yourself a lot of hassle, come all the way into the tree of the knowledge of glory, the tree of life, and sacrifice your whole soul to the glory of God. And let your soul be anchored by the living Word to God the Father's power. The Word Pegs. You could say it welds. The Word of God welds like a, like a wise master welder. It welds the brain to the Father's throne. Don't you want to be welded in a perfect weld with all your soul to the Father's throne so all the glory of God the Father is burning through your brains all the time? That's what a manifesting Son of God is. That's why the scales fell off His brains. The scales, because the glory smote his soul. Amen? The sword of the spirit has to slay the brain in order to come alive. In order for you to be a superconductor of the river of life, you must be constantly crucified with the river of glory through your soul. Clinging and retaining control to anything in your life is the only temptation of the enemy after you encounter the glory of God. And you see, most people go astray because there's still stuff they want. I want to do this. I want that. Pleasures, spouses, businesses, jobs, <laughs> me, me, me. And they go away from the glory because the glory requires the sacrifice of the self of the soul. The glory requires the sacrifice of the curse of of the fall. The glory requires all your death. Amen. And if you say no, well, you just cut yourself off from God, beat yourself up, go round the mountain, round the mountain that season. And after you're done rebelling, you realize, man, that was stupid. Good thing Jesus died on the cross. Amen. I can be washed in the blood. No condemnation. Just wash it off and repent. There is repentance unto life. There is repentance from the acts of death all the acts of perversion and lust, all sexual morality and all idolatry, all greed and covetousness to come into the glory even after you've done all kinds of things wrong. Saul of Tarsus was a serial killer. God didn't kill him. He deserved it more than anyone in the world at that time. He just killed one of the mightiest men of God on the planet, Stephen with the glowing face. And instead of killing him, he spoke mercy into him, possessed him with the light of his glory, and turned him into the Apostle Paul and wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. I tell you what, this light will transform souls and the greater the light of the glory of God burning through you, through your self-s- self-sacrifice, the greater your ministry will be in transforming souls. <laughs> the only thing the glory of God wants to do is burn out the death of the fall. But you'd be surprised how much people believe in death, how much people believe in dying. It's a major issue. People talk about it all the time of how science has medically proven all this stuff against the glory of God, against the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus. We know it's like, are you really a believer in the gospel? Are you really a believer in the word of God? Do you even believe God sent his spirit to give you the exact same quality of life that Jesus Christ currently lives at the right hand of God in Zion? Amen. Jesus died to give you the resurrection life. And this is how you get it. By hearing, believing, and obeying the words of the apostles. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Partner with Red Letter Ministries. Donate at And we'll see you tomorrow. Amen.